Welcome to the School of Sheen podcast. The School of Sheen podcast is a Perusia podcast series where we join Sheen expert Alan Smith to delve into the writings and wisdom of the venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen with host Matthew Herman Tay. In episode four, we discuss the book Calvary and the Mass by Archbishop Sheen. The School of Sheen podcast is recorded online via Zoom with a live audience. To be part of the live online audience during these recordings and to interact in the private Q&A sessions that follow, please join the Perusia mailing list by visiting perusiamedia.com and clicking on mailing list to enter your details so we can email you the links. Perusia podcast is produced in partnership with EWTN Asia Pacific and Voice of Charity Radio Australia. Welcome to the School of Sheen podcast. My name is Matthew Herman Taig, and as always, I am joined by our Bishop Fulton Sheen expert, Mr. Alan J. Smith. Alan, how are you today? I'm well, I'm well. It's uh, again cold and blustery where I live here in Canada, but uh, I'm just warmed up nicely now here with a number of friends uh, from our Perusia Book Club community, and so it's great to uh, take some time to uh, unpackage another Sheen book today. So uh, looking forward to this. Indeed. And, and likewise, I've been really looking forward to this because today we're talking about the book Calvary and the Mass. So I'm guessing we're going to get a little liturgical. Uh, we are. And uh, also, I'd like to say uh, we're going to hopefully by the end of this session, uh, never take the Mass for granted. Uh, never, ever say the mass is boring. Um, I mean, we hear that a lot of times. I don't get anything out of mass. Uh, mm. You know, it's kind of boring, you know. Uh, well, when you study Fulton Sheen, uh, everything changes. So um, we're going to connect the dots today. And that's what Fulton Sheen does so well, is he uh, somehow uh, makes you think, uh, but again, he makes you pay attention. So I think uh, you're going to start paying attention at mass because you're going to be able to see that Calvary truly is or I should say the mass is truly Calvary reenacted. So uh, mm -hmm. we're going to go through that. So, okay. Absolutely. And of course, um, all of the uh, Sheen books that uh, you have re-released, including uh, this one, are available at your own website, bishopsheentoday.com, Alan, and now available uh, here in Perusia. The one we have at the moment is combined with the Holy Hour, and that's available at the Perusia store. And as you said, Calvary is the Mass. The Mass is Calvary. And the Mass is the, the representation of Christ's passion, death, resurrection, and ascension. And so before we get started, we probably need to talk very briefly about a, uh, a Jewish word, anamnesis. And that is the, the understanding, all right, the Jews would use this for the, um, the Passover. And when they celebrated the Passover each year, they believed it to be an anamnesis, a memorial that literally made the ancient event present in the here and now. And so that event comes forward in space and time and everyone's celebrating the Passover each and every year. 
is also taken backwards in space and time and is literally present at the one and same event. And so we Catholics believe that each and every mass is in fact an anamnesis. It's not the re-sacrifice of Christ. It's the representation of the once for all sacrifice that is eternal, an eternal offering of the, of the son to the father. So um, we're going to dive now into the book by Bishop Fulton Sheen. Alan, where would you like to start? Well, I think I want to start uh, by explaining, um, you know, Fulton Sheen uh, was a master preacher. And uh, every year during the season of Lent, he would um, give a talk on the seven last words. And uh, every year he felt um, inspired to change things up. Um, you know, the seven last words of Christ are those words that are familiar to many Catholics because we've heard them uh, every uh, Easter season uh, during the Tridium. Um, again, those seven last words of Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. This day you'll be with me in paradise. Woman, behold your son and to the apostle, uh, behold your mother. Uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I thirst. It is finished. And Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And so uh, what he did is every year, he said, I want to give that message, but I want to kind of know that everything is uh, to be seen through the lens of the cross. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, again, in 1933, he presented uh, the seven last words. And then in 1934, he gave a presentation on the Our Father and the seven last words. And so he took the seven parts of the Our Father and then blended them or connected them to the seven last words. And uh, then in 1936, he uh, connected the seven parts of the mass to the seven last words. And of course, he, he continued to do that year after year. Um, the book, uh, Victory Over Vice, is Sheen's 1939 Lenten series, where he unpackages the seven deadly sins and applies the seven last words as the antidote. Uh, he, the following year, 1940, he gave a talk on the seven virtues and tied them into the seven last words. So he, uh, again, did this year after year after year after year. And it was very easy for me to make an anthology or a collection of Sheen's writings uh, on the seven last words, because there were so many of them. Mm. And so, um, you know, I have a book called The Seven Last Words Explained, and it'll be available in Perusia. Uh, in their bookstore in the new year. And so, um, again, I have nine books that I've uh, treasured that Sheen put together on the seven last words, and I've tried to put them all together in one. And so the book that Matthew held up is a combination of two books, the Holy Hour Prayer Book and Calvary and the Mass. And we call it the Two Summits of Grace, because, of course, we know the Mass to be the source and summit of our lives but also the Eucharist being a great source of grace. And we, of course, try to spend as much time as we can with our Eucharistic Lord and hopefully uh, performing a holy hour or two a week. So again, so it's this 1936 series of talks that he gave over seven weeks. And these were 20 minute lectures, uh, each talk. And of course, he just wanted to really, um, again, bring us into his classroom. Because remember, he was at the time teaching at the Catholic University of America. And so he was a professor there. And then, of course, uh, once a week, he would go into um, the studios and, uh, you know, of course, go live on the Catholic Hour. Uh, so and each year, then he would take his notes from uh, the classroom and, of course, the um, uh, 
um, I guess, radio addresses and compile them into a book. And so he was uh, quite uh, economical in the sense of uh, he got the most mileage out of his talks. So uh, every year a book was released. And so, uh, again, this treasury, 1936, Calvary in the Mass, will go through that today. And so, uh, you know, uh, Fulton Sheen, you know, really stressed, and he has, of course, a prologue in the book, uh, kind of an introduction. And he said, you know, our Lord, when you look through the sacred scriptures, you look through the Bible, and you see what the Lord asked us to do. And uh, he never said, you know, write down everything I, I said, um, you know, write down all the miracles, do all this. He never, he never did that. The only thing he ever asked people to remember was his death. He says, remember my death. And I think this is so appropriate because, of course, at Mass, it is Calvary reenacted. We remember his death. And, of course, uh, on the Last Supper on Holy Thursday, you know, he said to his apostles when he said, you know, do this in remembrance of me. And so uh, I think we have to remember that. The only time that Jesus asks us to remember anything was to remember his death. Mm -hmm. And I think those are just great words of encouragement. So, um, you know, in the prologue, he talks about, you know, how many of us have pictures of our mother or pictures of uh, our soldiers or pictures of people that uh, mean something to us. Uh, well, of course, our blessed Lord wants to put a picture in our head to just remember me on the cross that I went and died for you. And so uh, I think it's uh, very important. And this is what I think Fulton Sheen did so well as he introduced the cross mm -hmm. to literally millions of people and to, um, you know, almost encourage people to have a daily devotion to uh, gaze upon a crucifix. And I, you know, I have one here on my desk and I hold it up often and I mm -hmm. just say to people, um, and again, I, I was, I was guilted at, I remember going to a conference and it was a retreat on, on, um, held by a passionist priest. It's a religious community, the passionist order. And he, he said, I want to ask everyone here just one question, just one question. And he said, how many of you put a crucifix in your hand every day, spend just a few minutes of your day looking upon the crucifix and then thanking the Lord for dying for you. And at the end of that exchange, you know, kissing the crucifix tenderly, you know, mm. he says, how many of you do that? Mm. I mean, he had us all stumped. I mean, none of us, none of us really have this daily devotion to take a crucifix in our hand to look upon the cross and and say thank you jesus i mean when i look at all the pictures of the saints um many of them what are they doing they're holding a crucifix they're looking at the crucifix tenderly and you know they're having this interaction this dialogue and i think that's what he was trying to say is that you know we all want to be saints and so how do we become saints we get connected to the lord's passion his great love for us. That's what we do. And so uh, from that retreat onward, I started to have a devotion to the crucifix. And of course, Fulton Sheen just kind of helped me in that journey, because every book I read on the seven last words, he points to the crucifix, and he mm -hmm. points to what our Lord said from the cross. And I think this is what we'll kind of now dive into as we explore the parts of the Mass 
and how they connect to the seven last words. Um, so again, um, I apologize for going on, but uh, sometimes you get on these rolls and, and I think to our, you know, to our uh, classroom, uh, I like to say to everyone I see in the classroom, I see the head nodding saying, I get it, I get mm -hmm. it. So um, again, it's one of these things, Fulton Sheen um, sometimes is hard to read in the sense that you have to keep putting the book down. You'll read a line or two, and then it just is so deep and so good, and that you just say, okay, I'll come back to it. But And you're glad you do, but uh, that's just his style. That's what he does. So uh, there was many moments as I read these books that I had to keep putting them down. And uh, again, I think, Matthew, you've kind of experienced that as you prepare for these talks, too. Um, I know yeah. I've got lots of highlighted uh, text here in my book, mm -hmm. and I'll share some, uh, but I know you will have some, too. Definitely. And I, I love that you're talking about uh, a crucifix. Um, and uh, this is one of the wonderful things about uh, Fulton Sheen, how he draws uh, the cross into every aspect of his ministry. He truly, like St. Paul, uh, preaches Christ uh, crucified. And uh, he really cuts to the heart. Uh, for instance, uh, in the prologue, this is what I'd like to start with. Quote, the figures at the cross were symbols of all who crucify. We were there in our representatives. What we are doing now to the mystical Christ, they were doing in our names to the historical Christ. If we are envious of the good, we were there in the scribes and Pharisees. If we are fearful of losing some temporal advantage by embracing divine truth and love, we were there in Pilate. If we trust in material forces and seek to conquer through the world instead of through the spirit, we were there in Herod. And so the story goes on for the typical sins of the world. They all blind us to the fact that he is God. There was, therefore, a kind of inevitability about the crucifixion. Men who were free to sin were also free to crucify. Yes. It truly cuts to the heart, doesn't it? And it's a, it's a truth that it is our sins that crucify Christ on the cross. Right. And I think that's where um, you have to own it. I like to say own it in the mm. sense that, um, you know, I think that's where, I mean, I had what I call, you know, uh, an awakening of my faith in the sense of um, it was, again, this passionate priest that kind of talked us through to say, remember, when you look upon our Lord, remember, you put him there. Um, it was your sin. You, um, I use the analogy of a drunk driver um, in the sense that, you know, um, a person gets behind the wheel of a car drunk. Uh, they, of course, uh, have their moments of insanity. And we always see this on the six o'clock news where, uh, again, you hear the story, drunk driver kills a little child, runs them over or something, you know, and it's just terrible. Of course, the drunk driver wakes up in a jail cell, usually sobers up when we always think they will sober up. And then there's that moment of clarity where they realize, whoa, I just killed an innocent life uh, by being blinded with alcohol. And of course, then there's that point of, do they apologize? Do they not apologize? Um, you know, always these things, because there's always a victim's parents that are involved. And so, um, you know, we think of this one story of a drunk driver who was so filled with remorse that he said, I, I want to apologize to the mother of this child. 
And, uh, you know, he had his anxious moments thinking, what would this mother think of me? Will she say, um, I hope you go to jail and die in jail and have a miserable uh, existence there? Or will that mother say, I forgive you. I, I accept your apologies. I realize you were drunk. You were out of your mind. Um, you know, will she have a, um, will she say something like that? And so I remember just kind of putting two to two together and saw, you know, I'm the drunk driver. It was my sin that put our Lord on the cross. Mm. And so I think, and we're all guilty of this. We, it is our sin that put our Lord on the cross. And yet, have we ever apologized to the victim's mother? And it was kind of this awakening to say, I caused the Blessed Virgin Mary to suffer because she lost her son because of my sin. And so I had that moment where I felt compelled to apologize to her and to say to the Blessed Virgin Mary, I'm sorry for my role in the death of your son. And it's when I made that apology to the Blessed Virgin Mary that my relationship with her um, just blossomed. I like to say it blossomed. It, um, it was kind of like a, a mother and a son reconciling, right? And so um, I think this is what Fulton Sheen kind of, uh, he doesn't want to let us off the hook. Um, mm -hmm. He wants us to remember, remember, you own it. It's that your sin put Jesus on the cross. Accept that and deal with it. And of course, hopefully be uh, motivated to amend your life and to try to become a saint. So uh, again, um, of okay. course okay. yes because because Fulton Sheen of course reminds us constantly that the cross is our redemption it's our sins mm -hmm. that put him there but it is the, the this eternal sacrifice this self-giving uh, act of love to the father that sanctifies God's people and so Christ's mission is first and foremost to glorify the father but also then secondarily to sanctify his people and save us and this is what's occurring at every mass so what he goes on to say in the prologue is that the seven last words and i'm quoting now are like the seven parts of the mass and just as there are seven notes in music admitting an infinite variety of harmonies and combinations so too on the cross there are seven divine notes which the dying christ rang down the centuries all of which combine to form the beautiful harmony of the world's redemption. Beautiful words. So what exactly are these seven divine notes? How does Fulton Sheen liken these, these seven last words to the seven parts of the mass? And what are those parts that he's referring to? Okay, yeah, so I'll just um, introduce these seven parts of the mass and the seven last words, and then we'll expand on everything. You know, so Fulton Sheen, yeah, again, talks about the words father forgive them for they know not what they do and he's going to link it to the confitior or that part of the mass where we say we recall our sins and we hopefully are sorry for what we've done um, and then the mass continues and uh, there is the offertory and he's going to explain how the good thief will play a role in understanding the words this day you'll be with me in paradise um, he will then move into what we call the sanctus or the holy, holy, holy. And he'll apply the words, woman, behold your son. And to the apostle, love, behold your mother. Uh, the fourth part of the mass that Sheen likes to talk about is the consecration, where he will then use the words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, the fifth part of the mass he will explain is the Eucharist or communion. 
and of course our lord well, our, our lord's fifth word which is i thirst um and the sixth word that from the cross is uh it is finished which is the ita misa est um in that part of the mass and the seventh part of the mass is the last gospel and of course it's those words father into your hands i commend my spirit and i clarify to people that in 1936 uh, the traditional Latin Mass was the Mass of the day. And so um, he was connecting the dots to uh, the seven parts of the Mass as he knew it. Um, you know, people would say, well, what about the 2021 version? What would he mm. write there? Because, uh, you know, we've got the new Mass now. And yet, I say in the new Mass, there's still that uh, part of the Mass where we, we call our sins. There's the part of the Mass, which is the offertory. There's the consecration. There's the um, there's the Eucharist. There's um, you know go in peace, and um, you know the last gospel. I always like to say is the 15 minutes that you should spend at mm -hmm. the end of mass doing a recollection. So um, you know the mass is still the mass. It's just that there's two editions. I like to say, and so um, again, this applies to the year 2021. It's not a throwback book where you say, oh, that's 1936. No, no, the mass is still the same. Uh, today, um, it's just again presented, you know, two different ways, and um, I don't know if that's um, if I'm being, you know, liturgically correct. There's being politically correct, and there's being liturgically correct. So I'll just leave it at that. But um, no so yeah, so you can see the again the seven last words and how they just match nicely to the seven parts of the mass. So um, we're gonna expand a little bit and I may share one or two lines and I know Matthew will. Um, and again, we encourage you to read the book cover to cover because it would take, as I said, these are 20 minute reflections and there's seven of them. And so a lot of times it's kind of a two hour read uh, depending on how quickly you read your books, you know? So, uh, but as I said earlier, if it's Fulton Sheen, you're going to be putting it down a lot. It <laughs> might take, take two four weeks. hours. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think is why he gave these 20 minute lectures and then you had all week to think about it. So, um, you know, so that's how that works. So that's great. Okay. Uh, so we'll unpackage the first word from the cross, which is of course, mm -hmm. father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then the confidior. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I try to stress to people is like, you know, we're all guilty of sometimes just going through the motions at mass. You know, it's like we kind of just say, you know, I'm sorry for my sins, my fault, you know, like it's just, mm. but, I, you know, I think what Fulton Sheen is trying to say is like, could you take a few moments here at Mass now and really ponder your sins to recall what you've done and to know that you're, you want to be free of those sins. Um, and of course, you're going to look to the grace of receiving the Eucharist, hopefully worthily to, um, to uh, be strengthened and fortified. But I think it's that whole idea he's saying, remember, let's talk about forgiveness for a little bit here. Let's mm -hmm. talk about how important it is to recollect and to, uh, you know, just really understand just how merciful God is. That he begins his crucifixion. He begins this uh, time on the cross with those beautiful words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so, again, this is, again, as I say, this is not, it's not a movie. But as you see how the drama is playing out, the beginning of the mass, we recollect about our sins uh, and, of course, hopefully have a sorrow for them. And, of course, our Lord is saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So yeah. um, and I think what the what we're guilty of and Fulton Sheen said this time and time again, he says, 
the problem with society today is that everybody thinks they're without sin. Um, they're immaculately conceived, you know? And I mean, I've had this, I say to friends, Oh, you want to go to confession? I got no sins. No, I'm okay. You know, I, you know, I got nothing to recall. I'm, I'm fine, you know, but I think we kind of walk around with that attitude that we have no sin. And uh, I think that's the, one of the, the greatest sin is the denial of sin. And so I think Fulton Sheen wants to shake us of that to say, remember, we're all sin we're all sinners. We're all sinners. So, um, you know, this has helped me to take more time during that part of the mass to, to really get ready to say, okay, I'm not worthy. Yeah, one of the uh, greatest concerns of Vatican II in adjusting the liturgical books was the concept of full conscious active participation at mass. And of course, that's kind of that expression uh, originating in Pope Pius X uh, has kind of been hijacked a bit and misunderstood to mean, well, everyone needs a job. But in actual fact, full conscious active participation refers to an interior disposition and the interior participation at each and every mass. And what we're talking about here, the confidior is also known as the penitential act. So this is where we say, we begin by saying, I confess to almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned. So what you're telling us here, Alan, is that um, the venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen wants us to really think about those words, wants us to really mean those words and wants us to recollect, even at mass, those times where we have sinned, we have dropped the ball, we have, to use the archery term, missed the mark. And to hear those words echo in your mind, Father, forgive, for they know not what they do. Like, Jesus is really just saying, forgive them. You know, I mean, he's asking God the Father to have mercy on us. And um, again, he forgives us because he knows we're ignorant, that we're ignorant. And, you know, again, that whole thing, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Um, he's given us the benefit of the doubt. And a lot of times sin blinds and we're blind. But um, again, I think it's important, like you're saying, Matthew, when we come to that part of the mass, um, are we paying attention? Are we just kind of just rolling, just waiting for the readings to start? You know, we just kind of going through that. And I think that's one thing I try to stress when I give a talk, uh, I, I get this, I get to give this talk a lot to young adult groups. And uh, because again, we, I guess young, young people sometimes just want things done quickly and let's get through this and all this other stuff. So to just coach them along, to slow it down and to just listen and to really truly meditate. So, um, and I think that's, that's something that all of us can learn is that we slow things down to start to say, you know, mean what you say, <laughs> um, you know, um, it's amazing what can happen. It's amazing. Yeah, amen. And yeah, he, Fulton Sheen does talk about the fact that uh, unlike the angels in our, when we sin, we are acting in a kind of ignorance. Um, it, is the danger here that we might play the culpability game? Or, or we, you know, we might sort of ask ourselves, or well, if I'm ignorant, then I'm not truly culpable. And therefore, what should be a mortal sin is nothing but a venial sin. Is, is there a trap in those words? <laughs> there is. I think, again, the trap is, is that we think um, we haven't offended God. <laughs> you know, that, that's the whole thing is that we think, nah, I, that's, you know, he's a big guy. He, I can't offend him, you know. Um, so I, I think this is where we have to realize, yeah. Uh, even in the little things, we offend the Lord. 
And, um, you know, I think of the Blessed Virgin Mary and I think of her words. Uh, she was talking to us all and kind of sending us out into the world each day. She'd say, now everybody be good. And remember, don't do anything that your mother would be ashamed of, okay? Got that? Okay, don't do anything that your mother would be ashamed of. And I think that really is what we need to do is to mm. kind of just kind of mind our P's and Q's, right? Mm. So anyway, mm. all right. Um, we'll continue on. I mean, I don't want to, sometimes it's like anything you kind of say, yeah, okay, we get that. We get yes. that. <laughs> Let's keep going. So, so now the second part of the mass is the offertory that Sheen wants mm. to look upon this. And this is, again, my favorite my favorite part of this Sheen book, I think, is this dynamic between the good thief, the bad thief, and our blessed Lord. Um, and there's so much to learn there because, um, you know, at the beginning of the uh, crucifixion, the two thieves were kind of um, joining in on the insults of our Lord. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they were kind of, of course, of course, guilty of their own sins. Um, but yet you could see there was this back and forth. And of course, the bad thief was saying to our blessed Lord, you know, if you be the Christ, like, could you just get us down here so I can go and um, go home for supper and steal some more and whatever, you know? And so he was mocking our Lord and challenging him. Um, and yet, um, you know, somehow that good thief looked upon our Lord on the cross and read the inscription above his head uh, that he was a king. And uh, he somehow had that moment of clarity where he realized, I deserve this punishment. He's innocent. And of course, he then corrected his fellow thief. And he said, do you not fear God? We deserve this. He doesn't. Um, and then of course, he looked to the Lord and said, you know, Lord, remember me. Remember me. And it's this opportunity we have now to kind of ask the Lord to remember us that we get to bring our intentions, our, um, you know, uh, things of importance and join them with the Lord. Um, mm -hmm. We become the small host that get put on the patent with the big host that the priest would, um, you know, consecrate. And so again, we become those little hosts. We take our little cross and join it to the bigger cross of Christ. And I think this is what Fulton Sheen is saying. Don't miss this opportunity. Take that time to just be like the good thief and say, Lord, remember me. Remember the intentions of my daughter, my family, my work, my this. It's like we have this opportunity to just put it all onto the patent and mm -hmm. to join to the Lord. And that's, um, again, that thing of the good thief, the bad thief, uh, and, of course, the good thief's realization that um, he is the Christ and he is the one who saves. And, of course, I like to say that uh, the good thief asked to be taken up, the bad thief asked to be taken down. And this is our opportunity in the Mass to say, take me up, mm -hmm. take my petitions up. And, uh, again, it's very encouraging when you think about it that way. And so, mm -hmm. again, that's my two cents on, you yeah. know, the second word. But and sure. we, Yeah, because we're also seeing here, too, um, one thief turns his suffering into redemption, the other thief wastes it. Fulton Sheen was always talking about the, the wasted suffering, but the, the good thief, um, by turning that suffering into um, repentance, and he even admits that he deserves this, it becomes this redemptive suffering. And it's a good reminder that at Mass, we are supposed to join our sacrifice to Christ's holy sacrifice. Um, and I've learned this from uh, studying liturgy. 
And what I'm always telling people now is um, we are supposed to put ourselves on the pattern and in the chalice. And when we do this, God will return us to ourselves. But just like the bread and wine that we offer to him as symbolic of all of creation, he doesn't keep it. He doesn't consume it. What does he do? He returns it to us infinitely elevated. And when we put ourselves on the pattern and the chalice, he's going to return us to ourselves, but it's going to be elevated. And so over time, I just developed this kind of prayer that I now pray before mass, which goes, um, dear guardian angel at the offertory today, please take my sacrifice and join it to the holy sacrifice of the mass. Take all that I am, all that I have, all of my trials, all of my joys, all of my sins, and all of my work and join this to the holy sacrifice of the mass in Christ's name, amen. When you make that intention, what is, what is Christ gonna do with that? He's gonna return that to me elevated and life will go off in unexpected directions when one makes that intention and that sort of prayer. Amen, amen. All right, so we're two for two. And uh, again, we'll continue on. Um, now we think of the third part of the mass, which is uh, Sheen likes to call it the Sanctus, 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 or the Holy, Holy, Holy. And, you know, that's the point where we're all getting ready to kneel. And, you know, where it's kind of like a, a movement uh, uh, in the Mass. But I think what Fulton Sheen is really stressing here is that, um, again, he's applying the third word from the cross, which is, woman, behold your son, and son, behold your mother. Um, and I think what he's really saying is, is um, these words. If you want to become holy, you're going to need the Blessed Virgin Mary, you know, mm -hmm. and I think this is the whole thing is like when I come to that part of the mass and I think of the words, holy, 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 I actually whisper, Mary, 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 um, I need her to become holy. We need her to become holy. Mm -hmm. And of course, our Lord, his gift that he gave to us, uh, he gave us um, his mother to become our mother. And, you know, is at those words that it was the time of spiritual adoption. Uh, Mary became our mother and we became her children. Yes, Jesus is her firstborn and the scriptures tell us that. But uh, that day at the foot of the cross, St. John became her secondborn, uh, St. Peter, her thirdborn, Andrew, her fourth, and we, her millionth and millionth born. Mm -hmm. And of course, he gave Mary to us to help form us to become little Christ. I mean, that's what the word Christian means, is little Christ. And so, uh, again, you know, if you want to become holy, uh, who taught me, who helped me? The Blessed Virgin Mary, you know. And, of course, this is the idea. We cannot become holy without her. Um, all the scriptural, all the, you know, the spiritual writers throughout the centuries have always said that. If you want to aspire to holiness, you're going to need the mother's help. You're going to need her holy example. And so, uh, again, that part of the Mass, holy, 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 Mary, Mary, Mary. So. Oh, I love it. And to finish off this thought, I'd love to just read the last paragraph of the chapter from um, uh, Fulton Sheen. Quote, as the mediatrics of all graces, all favours come to us from Jesus through her, as Jesus himself came to us through her. We wish to be holy, but we know there is no holiness without her, for she was the gift of Jesus to us at the sanctus of his cross. No woman can ever forget the child of her womb, then certainly Mary can never forget us. 
This is why we feel way down deep in our hearts that every time she sees another innocent child at the first communion rail or another penitent sinner making his way to the cross or another broken heart pleading that the water of a wasted life be changed into the wine of God's love, that she hears once again that word, woman, behold thy son. It's astonishingly good. Fulton Sheen is well worth one's time, isn't he, Alan? Yeah, yeah. And it's just one of these things where I say, you know, don't be afraid to take a refresher course. Mm. And, uh, you know, if you find that your attention at mass is waning, pick up the book Calvary and the Mass again. Mm. And, of course, it'll help you refocus about our blessed Lord and his great love for you. Uh, and those seven, how uh, the Protestants call it the seven statements. Uh, mm. Catholics, we call it the seven last words. Now, the fourth word that our Lord spoke from the cross is those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And of course, Sheen wants to apply the part of the mass being the consecration. And, you know, I struggle with these words, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because, you know, I mean, I've heard many different interpretations. Uh, you know, we hear people say, oh, that's the beginning of the uh, 22nd Psalm. Um, where it starts off with despair and ends with victory. Um, you know, you've heard you know, people say, well, why would he cry out like that? And of course, you know, the darkness covered the whole earth. Mm. And, um, you know, just imagine that, like the lights went out, like, and to hear those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Uh, I would have been trembling at the foot of the cross if that all happened. But the deep mystery that Fulton Sheen wants to um, kind of unpackage for us is that it was that point where our Lord was almost finishing what I call the spilling of every drop of his blood. Of course, he had lost so much blood and pieces of his flesh had fallen off. And uh, of course, it was, um, I think, again, getting towards the third hour um, of him hanging on the cross. And yet it's like the consecration is that, again, the shedding, um, again, of the blood. It's like this whole idea of this is my body. This is my blood. And uh, it's, you see the connection there. It's this, this agony, this last um, offering of his body and blood to the world. And so I think this is where he's saying, now I want you to unite yourself to me and say those words, this is my body, take it. This is my blood, take it to unite yourself to our Lord. And so Again, it's that dark hour, that dark moment, but again, those last few drops of blood that he was shedding for us. And so, uh, again, I think it's that idea of just how powerful the consecration is. And, of course, they ring the bells and, um, you know, the world sometimes stops. It's like I think of back in the good old days, you know, we hear the bells at church. We knew that was the consecration and a little bow because God was coming down onto the altar, uh, taking on, uh, again, just that mystical, um, you know, infusion into, um, you know, the bread becoming the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our blessed Lord. So uh, again, I think it's this idea of uh, just now saying at that moment, um, that was the moment that I still think is, I think everybody was just, um, you know, I, again, as I said, I would have been afraid for my life if the mm. lights went out. And of course, those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So, uh, Matthew, I mm. don't know if there's something that... Um... 
there's well there's so much that could be said i mean uh, just reading uh the book there's so much that i've highlighted but uh i do um i do love the fact that uh, sheen is uh reminding us that we are the body of christ and so you know we too must um feel a certain sense of abandonment uh and then great hope and joy in the realization that uh, it is christ that has atoned for this for these sins and so we're not abandoned. Christ is with us at each and every mass. And it was, yeah, beautiful thoughts. Yeah. And I think what Sheen does at the, towards the end of the chapter is he, he again, brings this idea of wasted pain and yes. uh, focuses on the hospitals. And, uh, you know, I mentioned um, how the two thieves, the one thief has to be taken down and the other thief has to be taken up. But yet, Fulton Sheen is saying to everyone who um, is suffering and, uh, you know, be it emotional, physical, spiritual, it's your opportunity to now unite your suffering to Christ. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when our Lord was on Calvary, he suffered alone. But during the mass, we get to suffer with him. Mm -hmm. It's our opportunity to be with him, to uh, unite our sufferings to him. Uh, and uh, so, again, that opportunity uh, not, to, not to miss it. But again, he reminds us at the end of this chapter how uh, this is a great opportunity for everyone who is suffering to, um, you know, unite themselves and to say those words, you know, take this, take, this is my body, this is my blood, this is my heartache, um, you know, and unite it to the Lord. So, um, again, I think a lot of times we just, again, sadly go through the motions at Mass and we miss those great opportunities. So, uh, already now we have four opportunities that have been presented to us uh, by Fulton Sheen to recollect for our sins, to offer ourselves on the patent with our Lord, to, uh, you know, ask the Blessed Virgin Mary to help us to be holy, and now to unite our sufferings to Christ during the consecration. So, uh, mm. so now it's feeding time. Now it <laughs> is the words, um, uh, I thirst, and the fifth part of the Mass, which is, uh, the Eucharist or communion. And so I think, you know, this is just so obvious when you see those words and how they connect, you know, our Lord thirsting for relationship with us. Um, he's thirsting for the, his sheep, his, the souls that he's come to save. And of course, we have this opportunity now to uh, commune, you know, and remember that communion is reciprocal. And, you know, Fulton Sheen warns us um, in this chapter to be very careful that many of us fall into this habit of being what I call takers. We just go into the communion line, just inch up, you know, foot by foot by foot, and we just go and receive the Lord. Uh, but we never bring anything to the table. We, do we never, there's no exchange. It's like Fulton Sheen is saying, you know, remember, give Jesus your time and he'll give you his eternity. Um, you know, it's this idea of, you know, are we really giving Jesus anything, you know, are we coming and presenting and giving him ourselves? And of course he's giving himself to us. And so, mm -hmm. um, it's just now when I get into the communion line, I'm bringing something, you know, mm -hmm. I bring it may be something very little, you know, a thought or a concern, but again, it's that ex exchange, that communion, and uh, again, it's this opportunity that um, I missed out on so many times. I was just getting up and taking and taking. And Fulton Sheen said in very strong language, 
uh, people like you are parasites to the church, okay? Mm. And so when he called me a parasite, I thought, oh, you know, that's, I better change something here, right? And so again, I got a, a shock treatment to remember to say, I need to make an exchange to give. Mm. Um, and that's what communion is. So, um, all right. Absolutely, yeah, because we, we learned from the angelic doctor, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, that love is willing the good of the other. And so love must be reciprocated. It's a backwards and forwards. And that's exactly what you're talking about here. And so we can, you know, we're bringing ourselves to unite with him. He is uniting with us, but we can also think of others. I've mentioned one of my preparatory prayers at mass. Well, there's another prayer that I've developed after that. And that is, uh, goes as follows. Oh, my Jesus, as you multiplied the loaves and fishes, I beg you to multiply the grace I am to receive in this Holy Eucharist. Please apply this grace too, and then just list in intercessions. Just list them. For me, it's usually please apply this grace to myself and my beloved wife, Jenna, to our beloved children, Amelia and Oliver, to our guardian angels. I beg you a double portion for all those serving at Mass today, a triple portion for all the priests celebrating Mass today, a quadruple portion for all those who cannot receive the sacraments at this time, and a quadruple portion for all the holy souls in purgatory. And with the abundance of grace remaining, I beg you to allow me to gift this to Mary Immaculate in union with her most chaste spouse, that she may best apply this in the interests of thy most sacred heart. Amen. Have I asked for too much? No, because the grace on offer in the Eucharist is infinite. And so we can ask for these multiplications upon multiplications of the grace, and we can imply as many intentions to that list as we possibly can. And we can yeah, as you say, bring something to the Mass. In fact, we can bring quite a lot to the Mass and especially to communion. Thank you, Alan. Wow. I love your uh, Australian hospitality. That is so, <laughs> so good. Like I thought the Canadians were generous and, and had manners and, you know, were just so polite, but well, you four, four portions, like not, not two, another four, like that. Look, think, think what the Canadians could do with a prayer like that. I'm sure they can only improve uh -huh. upon it. Yeah. I, know. I know. That's amazing. That's amazing. All right. Um, you know, I'll end this, um, you know, idea of the, the Eucharist and communion and um, going back to what Fulton Sheen calls a happy fault. And, um, you know, in Canada, we have a lot of friends that are hunters, right? And so, of course, they go out and they hunt and they get to eat whatever they catch and um, you know whatever they slay they get to bring home and of course feast on and yet in a very um, uh, special way we get to feast on the one that we slew um, it was us that um, you know killed we we killed our lord it's we mm -hmm. killed our lord with our sin and yet in his generosity he just says but you know what now you can feed um feed from me like it's like we get to we get to enjoy um what we slew what we slay like i you know i gotta get a grammar course going here because again i'm trying to say is it slew slay whatever but mm -hmm. uh it is a happy fault um you know we get the benefit of of consuming what uh you know we put to death and of course sadly we put our lord to death with our sins but yet in his generosity says hey, come and come to the table and let me feed you. So again, it's, it's Sheen calls it a happy fault. And, um, but I, I think I'm kind of delivering the message properly here. So uh, I'll leave it at that. Indeed. All right. 
So after okay. communion, right, a very important part of the Mass. In fact, uh, it has been said that this, these words, the final words, the dismissal, are the second holiest words of the entire liturgy, second only to that, those words of the consecration. So what does uh, Bishop Fulton Sheen have to tell us about ita misse est in relation to the next word from the cross? Yeah, um, you know, I like to say it's that uh, some people like Nike shoes and they like the, uh, the thing, you know, just do it. Or uh, some people from, you know, the South like to say, get her done, you know, get her done. Uh, but it, it's a nice, beautiful encouragement for our Lord to say, you know, go out and continue to work. Um, you know, finish your life. Um, yes, the mass has ended and you've been fed. Now go out and finish your life. Um, continue to save your soul and the souls of others. It's kind of like that um, affirmation that we need. Uh, you know, the priest or the deacon will say, go out and, you know, love and serve the Lord. Um, you know, again, it's this idea, it's the battle cry to go out and continue the fight to continue the work um because again your life isn't finished yet you've got work to do and so uh I, I always just see it as a little battle cry to say yes the mass has ended but uh again continue the good work that god has called you to do and you know our blessed lord he was being obedient to uh god the father in that he completed the mission uh, our lord asked him to to come into this world to die and of course, he's saying to God the Father, I have finished my work. And so it's a beautiful, holy example for us uh, to learn from the Lord, to finish our life just as he did, and to be obedient to God the Father too. So um, always these things. But again, it's that uh, little affirmation that we all need to go out the door and to just um, say, okay, I got work to do. I got work to do. Yeah, because of course his work is finished in his humanity uh, on the cross, but as we've already established, his sacrifice is eternal to glorify the Father and sanctify his people. And as the body of Christ, our life is not yet finished, is it, Alan? Our crucifixion is not yet complete. True, true. And um, again, I think it's this idea of hopefully when the Mass is coming to an end, we feel a little bit closer to the Lord. We feel as if we are now, um, you know, uh, the connectivity is uh, has improved. Um, our conversations are improving our, our trust in him. Um, and I think for many of us, it's still sometimes a blind faith. Uh, but hopefully the the blinders are being lifted or the scales are being lifted with each mass, and that we start to really believe that Christ lives in us. Uh, because we take with us the Eucharist to go out uh, into the world. So um, again, there's just, there's a depth there that uh, I think Fulton Sheen is saying, um, if you haven't ever thought about it before, I want you to think about it now. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you think of these six things that we've already covered. I think already, I think people are saying, I'm going to try maybe one or two mm -hmm. to remember those next time I go to mass. And um Again, you start to again, because it's the whole crucifix is this great love story. It's a great love story. He loves us. And so in uh, this um, homily or sermon that I think um, some people talk about, um, it's sometimes what I call the greatest sermon ever told. Uh, there's the Sermon on the Mount, 
uh, which we all know is the Beatitudes, but there's the Sermon on Mount Calvary, mm. which is the seven last words. And so uh, a great sermon that I think we need to have go through our minds every day if we can. So, mm. all right. And um, I just love too that he picks up this, uh, this concept of perseverance and he reminds us that a true Christian is one who perseveres to the end. As of mm -hmm. course we read in the revelation to St. John, it is those who persevere to the end even to the sacrificing of their own lives that will receive eternal life. Yes, yes. And, you know, when you think of St. John, um, you think of, of course, we want to segue into this last gospel or the, mm. um, the seventh part of the Mass. And I think sometimes this is where people maybe get a little confused saying, oh, well, they don't read the last gospel anymore. Mm. Um, you know, of course, if you go to the traditional Latin Mass, Latin mass mm. you will have uh, the gospel read to you. And uh, sometimes people always ask me, they say, oh, what, what is the translation there? Because they usually read it in Latin. So, um, you know, and it's that, you know, passage from John's, the first chapter of John, when he says, you know, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. It's this whole um, passage that I like to say is like a circle. It's like, and I think the Greeks talked about the circle. Um, sometimes people talk about the circle of life, how everything comes around from the beginning right to the end, and they start all over again. And it's almost like our blessed Lord uh, reminds us that he came from God, came to earth, and goes back to God. Mm -hmm. And that we too um, came from God, came down to earth, and our souls will go back to God. And so he reminds us in this that, uh, again, it's this back and forth, back and forth, and, uh, you know, the best advice that we can be given about how to get back to God is that seventh word from the cross, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. Because I really think when you really think about it, what do I really need to do more? Is I more of? I, I need to unite my will to God's mm -hmm. holy will. It's, it's plain and simple. I need to make our Lord's will my will. Uh, again, everything that... Um, our Lord has said, um, what he has taught us, uh, I need to apply it in my life. But again, it's that whole idea. Uh, our Lord said, not my will, but the God's will be done. And so that has to go into my head and into my heart. Mm. And so how do I get back to God? Unite my will to God and um, become like him. And um, I think a lot of times we think about uh, when the Lord comes to look for souls He's going to look for souls that resemble him. Um, mm. And how do we resemble Christ? So hopefully we go to the Blessed Virgin Mary, learn from her and be formed by her so that we resemble Christ even more. And so, uh, again, it's this idea of uniting our will to God's holy will. And of course, those words, Father, into your hands, commend my spirit. I commend my spirit. Um, again, teach us that. Mm. Yeah, as you were talking just now, uh, I was reminded of one of the quotes that I highlighted, which is this quote, blessed indeed are they who carry in their cross marked hands, the bread and wine of consecrated lives signed with the sign and sealed with the seal of redemptive love. But woe unto them who come from Calvary with hands unscarred and white. And there's another uh, image that um, I'm reminded of, and that was the, the medievals keeping a, a, a literal human skull on their desks when they worked, all right, with the idea of remember your death, remember your death. 
that you know any day the, the our lord could take our lives from us and so are we ready to present ourselves to our father in heaven and to the divine judge jesus christ right and and a lot of times i think you know i say to people we were made for mass mm. we were made to go to mass i mean it's like you know you always think of when they say it's the source and summit of our lives yeah well let's do that let's make it the source and summit of our life i always like to say i was made to go to mass you know you might say always oh, made for acting or was made for this or was made for... no i was made to go to mass you know um i do best if i go to mass and so of course this is where i am strengthened and i think every one of us has to take that seriously we have these opportunities uh to become like christ because again we're better to learn well it's in that uh, that calvary being represented once again because again it's that love story and again fulton sheen keep pointing us to the crucifix to have that time set aside each day to spend a little time meditating on the seven last words and God's great love. I mean, if you ever watch Fulton Sheen on television and a lot of times things will zoom in and you can see him, he's got his hand on his cross. It's like, he's there. Like he, it's almost like he's showing you with his hands and he'll, he'll hold on to his, his pectoral cross. And so I think this is, again, what he wants to teach us, too, is each and every day meditate on Christ and him crucified. And what better way to meditate on Christ and him crucified than go to Mass? Because, again, the Mass is Calvary reenacted. It's an unbloody sacrifice, um, yet Calvary is the bloody sacrifice. And remember, Christ was alone on Calvary, but at the Mass, he's with us all. So um, I will finish with that. Mm. Yes, and to summarize, I will simply use the words of uh, Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen himself, quote, and so the Mass of Christ ends. The Confidior was his prayer to the Father for the, gift, for the forgiveness of our sins. The Offertory was the presentation on the pattern of the cross of small hosts of the thief and ourselves. The Sanctus was his commending ourselves to Mary, the Queen of Saints. The consecration was the separation of his blood from his body and the seeming separation of divinity and humanity. The communion was his thirst for the souls of men. The ita missa est was the finishing of the work of salvation. The last gospel was the return to the father whence he came. Uh, wonderful words. So yes, to everyone listening to this recording, this is a book well worth your time. Uh, it is Calvary and the Mass by Fulton J. Sheen. And uh, we must now give our, our great thanks uh, to you, Alan J. Smith, uh, for sharing so much of your, your wisdom and your work with us today. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And, you know, I thank you for holding up the copy uh, of the book. There's some people ask, you know, they, they're aware of that, um, the combo book, which is uh, Calvary and the Mass and the Holy Hour. Um, this is what the book would look like just by itself. Um, some people do see this. It's called Calvary and the Mass. It's, I always try to put the three crosses up on all, all of my books. It's kind of my uh, signature, my little thing that I attribute to Fulton Sheen. And of course, the book Calvary and the Mass is in uh, a book called Lord Teach Us to Pray, which is going to be 
the guidebook for our Advent retreat. And so um, there is, uh, again, six chapters in this book, and one of the chapters is Calvary in the Mass. So um, I always say there's lots of different places to find it. Um, it's also in what I call my... Um, the big book, I call it the big book. And of course, um, it's called The Seven Last Words Explained. And it's uh, got all nine of Sheen's writings on the seven last words in this big uh, mega volume. And, uh, you know, again, our good friend uh, Virginia has a copy. And of course, um, again, it's a treasury. So uh, lots of places to find Calvary in the Mass, but um, yes. I, I, I like the smaller books, you know. So again, uh, again, the one you held up there, the Holy Hour and Calvary in the Mass is excellent because um, many of us are, um, you know, praying Holy Hours. And so to have the meditations that Fulton Sheen recommends and to bring them with you um, is, is very good because a lot of us actually will pray our Holy Hours before Mass or after Mass. Mm -hmm. And so it's nice to have that meditation book uh, there with you. So anyway, yes. thank you. And, Matthew, uh, for... uh, yeah, all of these books are available on Amazon as well from Alan's website, Bishop Sheen Today. So get in touch with Alan there. And uh, they are um, popping up on the Parisia store for Australia, New Zealand as well. And uh, so we can now look forward in Australia to the, the full anthology, the all nine books in um, The Seven Last Words Explained. Correct, Alan? Yes. Yeah. And we will release that book in Australia. Um, and uh, again, it may have a different title. Um, mm -hmm. It may be called The Seven Last Words of Christ Explained, uh, but still it's going to be all nine books. And again, um, again, for our good friends in the um, I want to say the Pacific Rim. I don't know what's the right way to say it, uh, but Oceana. And um, again, it's uh, kind of great to be able to do that. So uh, it'll be it'll be actually our Lenten study guide. We're going to go through that book uh, during Lent. Um, uh, so again, put that on your calendar. Uh, we'll do Advent together, like of course studying Fulton Sheen's writings on prayer. Uh, but we'll spend Lent together uh, meditating on Sheen's writings on the cross. So um, mm -hmm. uh, Fulton Sheen is going to keep us uh, busy, you know, Indeed. and we'll become good students, good students over time. And so, uh, again, I want to thank everybody for joining me for this edition of the School of Sheen. And uh, again, he wrote 66 books. So uh, we're only on class number three, yeah. uh, but uh, class number four will be just as good. So uh, <laughs> thank you again, Matthew, for hosting the show. Not a problem at all. It is my honor. Uh, have you had any thoughts as to what the next book we're going to study will be? Well, I, you know what, I'm going to sleep on that one because Very I good. think um, we're going to let Christmas and Advent uh, mm -hmm. play out and uh, then the new year, we'll see what uh, that brings. And so uh, again, but we'll give lots of um, advance notice of what the uh, next book study will be, but uh, let's just say we're all going to sleep on it for a little bit. And um, again, uh, again, build up with, uh, we'll be busy enough just doing um, you know, Sheen's writings during the Advent season. So mm -hmm. uh, no again, we will, we'll mention that later. So we'll we'll be in touch. Yes. Thank yeah. you very much. All right. Well, that's it from us today. We hope we, that you have enjoyed this podcast. And if you have, please feel free to share it with others. Uh, you can get in contact with Alan via his website, bishopsheentoday.com. And you can get in touch with me and the rest of the Perusia team at our website, perusiamedia.com. But that's enough from us today. So farewell and God bless. Thanks for listening to the Perusia podcast. 
If you've enjoyed these podcasts, please share with your family and friends. And for more information about everything Perusia, please visit our website at perusiamedia.com.